You are listening to TKO on CFRU Radio 93.3 FM in Guelph, Ontario, and available worldwide at CFRU.ca. What is happening, everybody? What is good with y'all? It's your girl, Janan, right here on TKO. As you already know, here on TKO, all we talk about is mixed martial arts, also known as MMA, and other combat sports, too. We also discuss the issues that surround the world of fighting. And of course, talk about some of the relevant issues of the world of fighting and some other athletes in the game, how they initially got started and where they are now in the game. So first things first, my girl Anna is in the studio with us. So shout out to Anna, my good friend. So today is a very special day. Today, ladies and gentlemen, it is the day finally we are going to be breaking down the biggest UFC fight card of this year, I should say, because it's almost like the equivalent of the Super Bowl, but for the mixed martial arts world. And yes, you guessed it right. Yes, we are going to be exclusively, exclusively breaking down UFC 244, which is happening in Madison Square Garden. And of course, it is headlined by the greatest greatest bout of all time of at least this year, which is the great bout between Jorge Masvidal and Nate Diaz for the BMF belt on the line. And of course, because we're talking on radio right now, I can um, in detail talk about what BFM stands, uh, BMF stands for, excuse me, but you already know that. And I'm just going to, um, to make it PG-13, I'm just going to say this belt is for the baddest man on the earth <laughs> yeah my girl Anna is just giving me some applause right there because you know you gotta do what you gotta do and it is what it is called but you know yeah you know what I mean okay anyway so I'm so excited for this particular bout and the great thing about this whole UFC 244 fight card is that this is not the only bout that is going to be great on this card. We have this whole main card being stacked with so many talented fighters who are supposed to be fighting off against each other. In case you forgot, the co-main event is going to be a middleweight bout between Kelvin Gastelum and Darren Till, some of the two, uh, some of the toppest uh, middleweight contenders in the UFC right now. So this is going to be a very, very good one, ladies and gentlemen. And, of course, we have Stephen Wonderwood Thompson fighting off against Brazil's very own Vincente Luque. And I'm not going to throw shade at Stephen Wonderwood Thompson because I've talked about this many times on the show because when Stephen Wonderwood Thompson came to Guelph, Ontario, our, our beloved town, and was going to have a karate seminar, we were going to have him on the show, but because of many, many reasons, he canceled out on us. So I know in the beginning I was a bit too salty about him, but now I'm just trying to be unbiased and just break down his vice. I mean, I, you got to give him props. Um, he is one of the greatest um, karate um, practitioners in the whole roster of UFC right now. So why not? We'll definitely break down his fight today. 
Oh man, Derek Lewis is also fighting and he's going to be fighting off Russia's very own blog boy, Ivanov. Oh man, but we also have some other guys fighting. We have Kevin Lee fighting. I feel like Dana White has left all of these talented fighters to fight on this very fight card to, to first of all, increase pay-per-view buys and also just stack up this whole card because it's, it's a great card. Like... Oh, okay, anyway, I'm going to stop <laughs> getting too hyped up about this because we're going to get off track. But yes, you guessed it right. Today, we're going to be mainly breaking down this whole UFC 244 fight card. And what else? So yes, uh, it is going to be happening on November 2nd. And we did talk about this last week on our episode. Um, just a heads up again. All boxing fans out there, um, in case you're not interested in fighting and watching UFC 244, we're also going to be having the fight between Canelo Alvarez and Sergey Kovalev happening for the WBO Light Heavyweight Championship of the World. And that is happening on the same night that UFC 244 will be happening in New York City. So personally, what I do, because this is definitely not the first time that this has happened, that the promoters have been trying to do, do this to us, to all of us combat sports uh, fans out here. So personally, what I do is I pull up, I usually just pull up two screens. So I watch both the boxing fight and the MMA fight at the same time. Although it's just kind of like really hard on my brain because I'm trying to process two things at the same time. But, you know, it still gives you the fun. And I, will, I wouldn't miss anything just to, just to watch these two fights uh, uh, live because it's all in the fun of of just watching those fights live happen right there. You don't know what's gonna happen next, and most importantly, these fights are just so important. Both the Canelo and the Sergey Kovalev fight for boxing, and of course this Jorge Masvidal and Nate Diaz, Nate Diaz fight. So yeah, without getting more excited, I'm just gonna get started with the breakdown. So I hope you guys ha are having a great day today. And hopefully after today's episode, you will feel much better and more hyped up than ever. So now without further ado, let's get started. Okay, so actually I'm gonna get started with the main event of the evening. Of course, Jorge Masvidal and Nate Diaz because I'm scared that we're gonna run out of time today for today's show. And I just wanna make sure that I really do break down this main event for you guys. Okay, so, <clears throat> excuse me. So Jorge Masvidal, Nate Diaz, I'm just going to give you a brief background uh, of these two guys, what has actually led up to making this fight happen for all of us fans out here. So we all know Jorge Masvidal, he is a brawler. He initially started his mixed martial arts career just fighting on the streets for the Campo Slice um, uh, fighting series. So... If you do actually search it up on YouTube, you will see Jorge Masvidal fighting random people in the streets. But this was because mixed martial arts wasn't legalized at the time. So this was why Jorge Masvidal actually had to go out there, fight for Campbell Slice uh, for his unofficial, I guess, MMA organization, just doing street fights um, in the streets of Miami, Florida. So this is how initially rose to fame and let everybody know that he is not someone to be messed with at all. So this is why he's a big, big brawler and a very dangerous guy. And we all know um, about um, his um, past experiences, some of the fights that he has had, some of the notable fights that he has had. He's fought very, very big names, guys like Donald Cowboy Cerrone and I think even Damian Maya. And uh, as of recently, you guys probably remember... 
He even fought Darren Till, who's also fighting fighting on the same card. So he fought Darren Till in Darren Till's uh, home home country in the UK, and nobody was expecting the outcome of this fight because Jorge Masvidal beat all odds, completely beat all odds, and he defeated Darren Till in his hometown and his home country too. Because that's just how how much of a badass fighter he really is. He just goes in there. Doesn't matter if the whole crowd is booing him doesn't matter if nobody's rooting for him in that arena he just goes in there and does the job because nothing can impact his mentality that's how dangerous of a fighter he truly is so on one hand ladies and gentlemen we have Jorge Masvidal who's just this badass fighter and on the other hand his opponent is is nothing less actually because he's going to be fighting off against Nate Diaz and we all know Nate Diaz of course he 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 rose to fame even before the Conor McGregor fights because he would come in there and he he just wouldn't care what his opponents were was saying in terms of trash talking and as a matter of fact he would even trash trash talking back that's how how interesting i, I should say a, a person Nate, uh, Nate Diaz actually is he would just come in there wouldn't really care about what his opponent would say to him or what they would say that we're going to do to him in the fight he would still come in there and beat him up he just didn't care and so because of that we all know he had those two fights actually against um, Conor McGregor the first fight he defeated Conor McGregor the second fight Conor McGregor allegedly quote-unquote allegedly beat him up although I would personally argued that it was a very close fight and it could have easily been declared a draw but that's not what the what the judges thought and they just gave the fight to Conor McGregor but listen it is what it is I'm not gonna um, drop things from the past that's what happened but regardless this those two fights with Conor McGregor made Nate Diaz much bigger than ever so now thankfully he is a superstar in the whole MMA community. We've been waiting for him to make a comeback, a comeback after those Conor McGregor fights, specifically because he had been saying that he wouldn't really want to come back to the UFC if the money wasn't right. So he hadn't even fought for like two years or so. But then finally he came back a few months ago and he fought a former champion um, in the featherweight division, Anthony Pettis. So he had that comeback fight or should I say the warm up fight against um, Anthony Pettis and he won that fight. So what does the UFC do? Of course, Nate Diaz calls out Jorge Masvidal, who's in the crowd the night of his fight against Anthony Pettis, and he invites him to fight him um, in Madison Square Garden in this bout that we're about to see on Saturday night. So it couldn't get any better than this because now we have two guys who are just absolute badasses, and they love trash-talking their opponents, and most importantly, the trash-talking of their opponent wouldn't actually work on them. So they just keep trash talking over and over and over. So with regards to the press conferences, uh, I bet you this is going to be one of the best ones out there. Although I haven't really seen, well, there was this one press conference about a month ago uh, that took place, uh, but it, it wasn't really too, too hot, I should say. So I'm really hoping that um, during the press conference, the pre-fight press conference, 
some things actually do go down. If not, I really hope that things do go down between these two guys um, on the on the weigh-in day when the two actually do get to do their final face-off before the actual fight. So I'm personally really, really excited for this fight. And this is really um, interesting for me personally because... Jorge Masvidal is one of my all-time favorites when it comes to mixed martial arts because of all the things that I just said and also his fighting style because I feel like overall Jorge Masvidal is a very well-rounded mixed martial artist. He has the striking and the wrestling and the jiu-jitsu and he's not the type of person that if one type of fighting doesn't work on him he's just going to totally give up actually the exact opposite he will find his fighting IQ is so high that will, he will almost always find some other way to to adapt to the changes um and um, to 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 uh, to do something about the obstacles that he's facing um in in those particular fights that he's having and i know i i really don't want to get off track again but again like i briefly mentioned last week in our episode uh one of my all-time Jorge Mosfidal belts was against um, uh, Ben Askren, uh, and this was uh, Jorge Mosfidal's most recent fight. So Ben Askren, we all know he's a world uh, wrestling champion, and Jorge Mosfidal, on the other hand, is supposed to be fighting him. So what happens is uh, Ben Askren, who is a very, like wrestling is his forte, so obviously he's going to mostly rely on wrestling when he's coming into this fight. So when the bell goes off and the very first round starts, Ben Askren, he goes into a full-on takedown mode so that it, it he like his body language shows that he's definitely going to go for a takedown the when the bell goes off. And obviously Jorge Masvidal sees that from a mile away and what he does in a matter of a millisecond is that he sees that Ben Askren is going to aim for his hips. So his um his posture is somewhat lowered. And so what Jorge Masvidal does is that he charges towards him, full on sprinting, and he attempts a flying knee on Ben Askren. And we all know what what happened after that because Ben Askren went down cold to the canvas because it was just completely knocked out. As a matter of fact, he, the knockout looked so bad that he was rigid for like five minutes, but um, that's how bad of a knockout it actually was. But this just shows you how, how um, smart of a fighter Jorge Masvidal is because as a fighter it's not just about of course it's important to come into a fight prepared in, ter- in terms of uh, athleticism and, and the skills that you've trained in training camp but it's also important what sort of decisions you make in like in a matter of a second within that fight and this is exactly what Jorge Masvidal did in, in his um, uh, recent fight against Ben Askren and to me, that's just really important. So that is something that makes uh, Jorge Masvidal much more distinguished um, in this particular bout against Nate Diaz. But also, let's talk about Nate Diaz because I just feel like it wouldn't be fair if we just keep um, comp- uh, complimenting Jorge Masvidal and not Nate Diaz because Nate Diaz himself, man, he is a very, very interesting fighter and a person because when he comes into the fight, you wouldn't really think that he would do much because um, first of all, of his physicality, he's really tall and he's got really long limbs. So you wouldn't obviously expect him to come into the fight and just go out there guns blazing, trying to completely knock out his opponent or just uh, finish his opponent in any way. He actually does the exact opposite because he's got such high endurance. He just comes in and he usually bombards his opponents with a great volume of strikes. So this wouldn't really allow his opponents to 
to have an opportunity, like an opening to charge uh, charge back and throw counter strikes. So this is why Nate Diaz is usually um, successful in his fights, especially if the fight does go the full distance or if it does last to the decision uh, of the judges. He just keeps coming forward and he does not get tired. And this is very, very important specifically for this fight because this is, after all, a championship bout. So it will be five minutes, uh, f- excuse me, five rounds, uh, which are going to be each five minutes. So that will be a total of 25 minutes. And that's actually a long time when you're considering all the things that you have to do in a mixed martial arts fight, like striking, wrestling, jujitsu. It, it actually takes a lot of endurance to last those a full 25 minutes so with that regards yes Nate Diaz has the endurance and the cardio aspect of the things but is it enough to hold up against Jorge Masvidal's um, uh, uh, smartness in this fight and some of the things that he's gonna some of the challenges that he's gonna propose to Nate Diaz in this fight well like always I really don't like giving giving a full on prediction because the MMA math as you guys should know by now doesn't always work out and things might might happen in the exact opposite way or so many things could be um, confounding factors going into a fight so I can't really give you a full on prediction and this is actually why I would say You should really watch this fight and do not even blink because this is how exciting this fight is going to be. I guarantee you it is going to be filled up with so much entertainment and violence too. Although I don't want to get too descriptive, but you know what I mean. So this is going to be a very, very exciting and also important fight to watch. And like I said, it is going to be for the BMF Championship of the World. And um, Dana White, the president of the UFC, has come out saying that this belt is just like a one-time thing. So <laughs> this is like um, whoever wins this fight is going to take the belts for their own legacy. And it's not like they're going to come out and defend the BMF belt because that wouldn't really make sense unless you, you someone else comes out and starts trash talking the, the champion of the BMF belt but I don't really think so and this is just just for the fun of it I should say so regardless I'm still really really excited for this fight and uh, I hope nobody gets injured fingers crossed until the weigh-in day and the actual fight day and hopefully things go as planned so there was your main event of the evening for UFC 244 New York City Madison Square Garden And now I really do want to get into the co-main event of the evening. So this fight is going to be between Calvin Gastelum and Darren Till, like I mentioned already. This is going to be really interesting because both guys um, have shown that they have the potential to potentially uh, challenge the the champion um, at the middleweight uh, or actually the welterweight um, uh, uh, divisions. And I say this because both of these guys have actually previously fought in the welterweight division, the 170-pound division. But now they've both moved up to the middleweight division, which is 185-pound weight division. And like I said, both of these guys have uh, already challenged the champions at their uh, previous weight divisions, both Kelvin Gastelum and Darren Till. They were both doing really, really well until a few fights ago where both of these guys kind of... I mean, I guess it is a bit natural, especially when it comes to mixed martial arts and... You know, like losses are natural. It would be actually unnatural if you if you go on undefeated for a very long time. Although some people do it, but 
it's okay still if you if you have a few losses on your professional career but things you know it was just like an uh, up and down thing for both of these guys for both Darren Till and Kelvin Gastelum so unfortunately they weren't really successful at getting the titles for themselves obviously but now here they are they've both moved up a weight division and now they're trying to face off against one another and my prediction is whoever wins this fight is potentially going to fight for the title next for um, the middleweight championship of the world um, and uh, potentially against the current champion, Israel Adesanya. So that's going to be very, very exciting. And um, yeah, we'll see what happens. So in this case, Kelvin Gastelum, we already know um, he has a very strong grappling uh, background. So it would be no surprise that he comes into this fight trying to mostly get close uh, to Darren Till and to pretty much close the distance with them to get into a clinch with them so that Darren Till doesn't have that long range uh, uh, that is necessary for him to have an effective um, striking game with Kelvin Gastelum and also talking about the physical advantages of each of these um, guys obviously Darren Till is a taller guy in this case so it would totally make sense for him to try to stay on the outside and try to strike with Kelvin Gastelum from that long distance this way, Kelvin Gastelum wouldn't be able to throw effective shots towards him, but he, on the other hand, will actually be able to throw effective shots towards Kelvin Gastelum because he's just that much taller than Kelvin Gastelum. So, again, like I said, I think it would really make sense if Darren Till comes into this fight trying to full-on strike with Kelvin Gastelum and not really give him an opportunity to get close to him. So, just keep him on the outside and not really allow him to attempt any takedowns or anything. But Kelvin Gastelum, on the other hand, like I said, he should actually do the exact opposite thing. He should... Go for, go for takedowns as much as possible. Take Darren Till down, if possible, attempt ground and pounds or even submit Darren Till because I feel like this is the only way that he's effectively able to neutralize uh, some of the things that uh, some of the challenges that Darren Till is going to uh, 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 postulate towards him. So uh, I know this is like a classic battle of a wrestler versus a striker. And again, I can't really give you a prediction because things can go either way. But it also depends on how good each of these guys feel after the weight cut because actually for both of these guys, they, they used to have a lot of problem cutting down to their previous um, uh, weight limit, which was 170 pounds. So that really actually affected their performance when it, it came to dehydration and just cutting so much weight that it will almost have to cut a lot of muscle as well. So that definitely affected their performance at that previous weight division. But now... I feel like this is actually one of the main reasons why they both moved up to metal weight instead because they want to have an easier weight cut and they just want to be more prepared for that fight that is happening the day after. So we're going to see what what's going to happen in this um, particular bout between Darren Till and Kelvin Gastelum. Hopefully this um, moving up a weight division will actually uh, come to their own advantage and it wouldn't it would actually help with their performance rather than um, have adverse effects on it. So this is why I'm so excited for this co-main event of the evening. But like I said, this whole main card, ladies and gentlemen, is stacked with so many talented fighters. So uh, we have uh, <laughs> heavyweights uh, uh, top contender Derek Lewis, who's also going to be fighting on this uh, main card. And we haven't really seen him fight in a long time. So this is going to be interesting. Hopefully, I mean, the heavyweight division in the UFC has actually been a bit 
idol ever since we had that championship fight between Daniel Cormier, the former heavyweight champion at the UFC, and um, Stipe Miocic, um, who's actually the current uh, heavyweight champion of the UFC. But that was that was the I hate to say this, but that was the only heavyweight bout that was really exciting for the past year. And um, like I said, the heavyweight division has been pretty idle and dormant ever since then. So hopefully this fight uh, that Derek Lewis is going to have in this um, heavyweight bout is going to change things up, especially because we know that Derek Lewis is a very good striker, but also he um, he proposes some of the unexpected things that you wouldn't even predict what would happen in the fights that he would have. For example, if you guys remember his fight um, against Alexander Volkov, he was losing the whole fight. But what actually happened was that um, in the very last round, the last 10 seconds, things actually turned uh, into his own advantage. And so he threw this one shot and um, his opponent, Alexander Volkov, was caught with that nasty shot. So he went down, although Alexander Volkov was winning the whole fight. And then Derek Lewis he just took over and he started grounding, grounding and pounding. And right when the the last bell of the third round went off and the fight was almost finished, the referee actually stopped the fight in favor of Derek Lewis. So I don't I don't want to call it a fluke because this is this 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 wasn't the first time that this this actually happened to Derek Lewis. Derek Lewis is actually capable of the unexpected and he can do things that you wouldn't really expect. This is why everybody loves Derek Lewis. So. Yeah, again, I'm really, really excited for this fight um, for Derek Lewis. And he's going to be fighting off against uh, Blagoy Ivanov. And uh, Blagoy himself, he has been uh, winning a few fights um, recently. So uh, if actually if uh, Blagoy wins this fight against Derek Lewis, that will have major implications for him in the heavyweight division. But if not, still, I'm sure this, this is going to be a very entertaining fight overall to watch. And so please do give this uh, heavyweight bout a watch because it's going to be really, I'm, I'm assuming it's going to be pretty interesting. And let's see what else we have here. Actually, I want to get into the prelim um, uh, card because this... Actually, I feel like some of the fights that are on the preliminary card should be featured on the main card because, listen, we have guys like Corey Anderson and Johnny Walker fighting on the preliminary card, which is so bizarre because both of these guys, we've even seen them headline a full-on main card. So I just don't understand why they would put them in the preliminary card. But overall, uh, you know, still, uh, please do give this fight a watch because it's going to be pretty interesting still. Uh, like I said, all, most of the guys that are fighting, guys and girls who are going to be fighting on this whole UFC 244 fight card are just so talented and they're at the top of their game. So because of that, I, this is one of those um, fight cards that you should start watching from 7 p.m. from the very uh, from the beginning of the preliminary card because it's, it's just that good. And it's just stacked with so many talented fighters. Let's see. So, oh my God. Andre Arlovsky is fighting. I just figured this out. Oh my God. So Andre Arlovsky, he is a former uh, heavyweight champion of the UFC. And again, I am so surprised that they put him on the preliminary card because he's the former heavyweight champion of the UFC. But regardless, he's still fighting on this card. And uh, this is going to be uh, excuse me, pretty exciting. Uh, like I said, I just I just want some excitement with the heavyweight division right now in the UFC. Nothing has been happening a lot, so it would be, it would be nice to see some action at least when it comes to the heavyweight division. 
Ah, oh, what about the early preliminaries? Ooh, this is pretty exciting. We have some um, ladies fighting on the early preliminaries. Uh, man, this is going to be pretty exciting. Although you would want some of the current women champions to also be featured on these big, big pay-per-view cards. But I guess... It just wasn't meant to be or whatever their defense is. But personally, I would have featured like an Amanda Nunes fight or um, like a Valentina Shevchenko fight on this fight card as well. Because, uh, I mean, who doesn't want to see those uh, phenomenal ladies fight? Um, it's been so long that both of these um, uh, women champions have fought. And uh, it would have been nice to see at least one of them have a fight on this UFC 244 fight card. But it's not here, but it is coming up pretty soon. So... Do not uh, be disappointed because it is happening in the upcoming months, I'm, I'm assuming. But uh, like I said, it would have just uh, boosted the pay-per-view by, by so much if they featured some of those uh, top-name women fighters as well. But that's just my opinion. And man, oh my God, I'm just looking at the clock right now. Uh, <laughs> we only have two minutes left. So uh, with sadness, unfortunately, that is all the time we're going to have for this week. I'm so happy because I got through most of the most of the fights that I want to break down. So that's pretty good because you guys know me when I start talking about something, I, it's just so hard to shut me up. And thankfully, today I was able to uh, get through all the fights that I want to break down today on the show. So that's pretty good. You guys already know if you want to catch up with our previous episodes, make sure you go to CFRU.ca to catch up with our previous episodes. And also you can go to SoundCloud and iTunes to listen and subscribe to past episodes as well. And make sure you watch UFC 244 on November 2nd, Saturday night. And with that, it's your girl Jana right here. And until next time, I'll see you later, y'all. And peace out.